Welcome to episode 47 of 1530. Today we'll be discussing Roland Garros. The draw just came out. We'll talk about some of the interesting matchups we have and the loaded draw, at least on the top half. So we have Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal on the same side of the draw. And they're not going to meet in the semis. It would be quarterfinals. We also have Alcarez. That's a pretty loaded draw. You have Tsitsipas, Medvedev, Zverev on the other half, but... You know, really out of those, I know Medvedev isn't super good on clay, doesn't really enjoy the clay, and he's had injuries this year as well. So very interesting draw, but uh, we should probably talk stat of the day. So the stat of the day is... Welcome to 1530. Now introducing your hosts, Ben and Matt. 81%, that's what Novak Djokovic won uh, points on his first serve against Tsitsipas in the final of Rome. And this is a pretty amazing number for any kind of surface, especially for clay. This is even better than what he did in Roland Garros' final against Tsitsipas last year. He won 78% on his first serve points one. So he's looking pretty good there. Second serve, he won, I believe it was 60, 60% on his second serve points. And again, that's even better than what he did last year in Roland Garros, 53% against Tsitsipas. So, fortunately, uh, Tsitsipas didn't have his best match. He lost 6-0, 7-6. He kind of got blanked in that first set. There was an interesting article talking about how Tsitsipas' backhand was kind of letting him down. He had a decent amount of errors in the first six games. He had he played 25 backhands and had nine errors on that wing. Then in the second set, he actually had a great start. He went up 4-1 and 5-2, and he played 29 backhands and had zero errors. But then Djokovic, of course, came back, beat him 7-6. And in that last phase, 36 backhands that Tsitsipas played and seven errors. So I don't really know what's going on with that, but he needs to tidy up that wing. It's definitely one of his weaknesses. He can shank it or hit it short, but uh, that definitely killed him against Djokovic. So... I don't know, Matt, any thoughts on that stat on Tsitsipas matching up against Djokovic? I think he covered it. Yeah. I don't know if it's just bad luck or in off days or there's a mental block there or something that's keeping him from playing like he does against everybody else when he plays Joker and Clay. Yeah. And it's weird, too. I mean, to give him some credit, you know, I think it was 2021 was when they played Roland Garros semifinals and Tsitsipas went down two sets to love against Djokovic and fought back and made it go to five sets. And then I think it was really just physically at the end, he was kind of yeah. injured. So that hurt him in that fifth set. But yeah, exactly. He could barely move the last year in the final. He went up two sets to love against Djokovic, just couldn't quite close him out. So to be fair, he's been close um, at the French open, but it just seems like Djokovic gets the better of him in these matches um kind of thinking kind of like medvedev with nadal's what we were talking about here before that right medvedev at the u.s open final goes down two sets to love fights back has a really tight fifth set against nadal loses his first maiden slam and then of course this year in the australian open he was uh he was up two sets to love and Nadal came rallying back so it's like, ah, uh, Medvedev can't, uh, I don't know if it's mental, but doesn't seem to match up great with Rafa. He has beaten him before. Um, some three setters, like ATP finals, um, like semifinals or something. So he's definitely beaten Nadal before. It's just, I don't know if there's a mental block there, if it's more of a matchup issue. 
but maybe a similar thing with Tsitsipas and Djokovic. Because Tsitsipas doesn't seem to have issues beating anybody else on clay, Nadal included. Of course, he hasn't played him that many times. But And then looking here at the win percentage, so I, I drew kind of a graph. Matches one over Tsitsipas's career on clay. It's uh, so 2017, I guess, when he started on the tour, goes from 0% all the way up to initially 65% matches one on clay, which is great. And he's been steadily getting better every year. It's a nice, uh, steady, steady march up this graph. Now he's up to 82. It was 82% of matches one on clay this year. And last year was similar as well. It was also 82. So he's, uh, he can definitely win matches on clay and has proved that that's not only one of his favorite surfaces, but he's one of the premier players on clay and he won Monte Carlo masters 1000 last year, won it again this year. So he can definitely play on clay. It's just, can he get over the hump and capture Roland Garros? That's probably his best chance for his first major, but we will see what he does. But Matt, let's talk Nadal. I think he's, he's always the one who should be the favorite going into Roland Garros pretty much every year, but I'm not quite sure that's the case this year. I'm going to talk about, talk about your guy, Nadal. Sure, yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You mentioned already he's got a gauntlet to get through in the French. Um, he'd meet Joke in the quarters and then likely Alcaraz in the semis and then Sissipas or whoever comes, you know, Zverev, whoever comes out of the bottom half of the draw. Yeah. Um, so that's not going to be easy. I know he had a broken rib coming out of what Indian Wells that he yep. took time off for. I don't know if he's had other injuries leading up to that. He's played it obviously. In, you know, the, I think he played in all three of the play court masters. Um, I think he might have missed the first one. Monster. Yeah, I, think I, I had right. it written down. I think you're right. I think he missed the first one and then played in the rest, but. Um, and obviously, it played well there. He dropped to Alcaraz and lost to somebody else, right? Yeah, he lost to Alcaraz in. Um, was it Madrid? Yeah, because Madrid. Yeah, because uh, Alcaraz, yeah, Alcaraz beat Joke and Rafa. First time in a clay court tournament that both joke and it all have been defeated by the same player pretty amazing yeah and then he lost pretty early on right to who did he lose to round of 16 in rome he lost oh to... yeah Shapovalov. the canadian yeah, Shapovalov. yeah that's right that's right <laughs> anyway so we'll see we'll see what happens i mean the french is always a different beast it's five sets um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if he can do it. Yeah. Yep. If he's healthy, obviously he's always a favorite. Uh, maybe not with this draw, but and maybe not with his injuries. He's just a little bit of a question mark. And if it seems like he's had maybe one of his worst years as far as tuning up, yeah, for the clay court and kind of the warm up tournaments, you'd be correct. Um, kind of we'd have to run some calculations here, basically giving you ranking points. Right, if you win a Masters 1000, you get a thousand points. Right, and so, and if you crash on earlier rounds, you get less points proportionally. Right, so kind of added those up and did a percentage. So Nadal generally his average. Let's see here. 
His average score in the clay court season is a 71%, which correlates to about 2.1 tournaments won. So these are warm-up tournaments. This year he's won zero tournaments, excuse me, and his percentage is down to 13.5%. So winning very few of those available ranking points. Of course, he didn't play in two of them, so it didn't count Monte Carlo or Barcelona, but a quarterfinal at Madrid and a round of 16 at Rome, that's just not very many points. I think that's 180 points for quarterfinals and 90 points for round of 16. So that's just not that many points out of those 2,000. Um, Nadal, we're not used to seeing him do that now. I will give some caveats. So calculated based on previous years, right? So the years where he lost round of 16 to Robin Soderling, he actually had one of his best warm-up tournament years. It was 89% of the ranking points available in the warm tournament. So that was kind of a flukish year. He There was no signs of him being weak. Uh, Soderling just played great. But when Nadal lost to the joke to Djokovic in the quarterfinals in 2015, it was similar where he didn't win. I think it was the first time he had not been a champion at one of the warm-up tournaments since 2005. And he only won 33% of ranking points that were available. So pretty bad score there. The next year he played okay in the warm-up tournaments, but then he had a wrist injury. So he withdrew during the French Open. And then he righted the ship after that. The last, the last four years, of course, winning Roland Garros 2021, crashing out in the semifinals. He he showed fine form in the clay court tournament, so it wasn't really big indication. Joke played really well. Of course, Nadal later turned out he was dealing with some injuries. But one, one other note is 2020 with the pandemic, he only played in one of the warm-up tournaments and made the quarterfinals in Rome. So it's only 18% of the ranking points. Still won that one, but that's a smaller sample size, right? Where it's only one tournament, didn't quite win it, right? Wins in the ghost of the quarters. But this year he's played in two tournaments and not that good of showing. So, yeah, I'm not sure exactly what to make of it, but him not being healthy and not really finding his groove is, is definitely worrisome. But I think the key is just, you know, his first few matches, how does he feel? Can he get through them? you know, relatively, you know, easily, right, where he's not too taxed. And then he yep. can give it all against Djokovic in the quarters because that's going to be a bear of a match. Yep, those first few are going to be key and helping him to really get comfortable there in France. Yeah. I will say, I mean, you've got you got Djokovic and you can never count him out, especially in, in slams. But, I mean, he hasn't had that stellar of a, of a warm-up either i mean obviously he's coming off a you know a win in rome which is good yeah um and a, and a, a convincing one over stefanos as well but i mean he crashed out in the first match he played in monte carlo to davidovich fakina and then he won oh he dropped the final in belgrade to rublev uh-huh yep. and then he lost his semi-final match to alcarez in madrid and then won rome so i mean yeah, he's been building, getting better, but still not yeah. perfect by any means. Uh, right, right. So we'll see. We'll see. I think I think there are certainly cracks there, and Alcaraz and some of these younger players probably have, you know, maybe the the momentum, the excitement, the new car smell, yeah, their advantage, and see if they can turn that into some some key wins here. Yeah, I mean it's uh that's a brutal draw 
you know, even if Novak were to try to repeat and Nadal, let's say he's not 100% is able to beat him, Alcarez, you know, he he played some amazing tennis under pressure. They're playing those tie breaks against Djokovic, and he wasn't afraid to go for his shots, whether it's a drop shot or a huge forehand. And I think best of five, it should be the same. He seems like he's in great shape. We'll see. That's kind of the only question mark I have for Alcarez. It's the best of five. But as far as going toe-to-toe with anybody, I don't think he's scared of anybody, whether it's Nadal's court, whether it's number one player in the world, Djokovic. So that's going to be... It's going to be pretty intense. As long as Alcaraz doesn't crash out early would be my only thing to, to worry about. But I think once he goes late late in the rounds, I think he's shown that he can win tournaments. He's uh, – I think let's see. Where's his stat chart? I looked at his. Pretty amazing. I think he won like 92 ma- 92% of matches. No, 94% of matches on clay this year so far. Wow. And his – yeah, just, just amazing. And, and I think on the year – him and Tsitsipas have the most match wins on the tour. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been amazing how well he's been able to play. Really on every surface. He's won 90% of his matches on the year, if you include hardcore season. So, it's uh, – I don't know. Who do you uh, – who are you backing, Matt? I know you got to always back your guy, but who are you thinking is the favorite or should be the favorite going in? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think I've said this the last couple of years, but I think Rafa gets more and more vulnerable every year. Age does no favors to anybody, and so I think it's finally starting to catch up on some things. But he never ceases to surprise on Clay. (laughs) That's true. So he's always in the mix. I would love to see – I would love to see some of these young – Young guns come up and and add a new name to the to the trophy. Yeah. So, Zverev has had you know moments of of uh, quality play. If he can put it together for a fortnight, then I could see him making a deep run. I think he struggles with consistency a lot, and it seems like Sissipas does a little bit too. But who knows? Who knows? I think. And yeah, those guys have a better chance than than before of of really actually doing it. Yeah, I think you got a really good point there as far as you know, because whatever happens in the top half of the draw, they could beat each other up. Right. I think there's really a chance for someone to fly under the radar, whether it's Vera or Tsitsipas, to just kind of go ease their way into the final. Casper um, Rude, you know, wouldn't expect mm-hmm. him to make it, but he's also he could go deep. He's pretty good on the clay, and he's on that side of the draw. So and Zverev. That's actually been pretty fun uh, having Zverev and Tsitsipas. They've, I think, they faced in each of the semifinals. Yeah. On the clay warmups, and Tsitsipas won most of them. Zverev won in Madrid, where he he plays well in Madrid. I don't know what it is. That's where he's beaten Nadal in the past. But uh, that's the one where he made the final. But Alcaraz just completely destroyed him. <laughs> but yeah, that's been a fun matchup. Zverev and uh, Tsitsipas. I think they could meet the semis. Roland Garros. So that would be a fun one. Yep. But uh, yeah, yeah those guys good. are really like you're saying. I think they could make make a run, make a dent. I wouldn't be surprised to see a rematch from last year either, though. Uh, Pass, Djokovic. Even though I'm picking Alcaraz, even though it's a little bit of a risky pick, I just feel like mm-hmm. he's been playing the best tennis yeah. of anybody on tour pretty much all year, minus the Australian Open. But he's still got a lot to prove. But I uh, I just feel like he's kind of playing with house money. 
Well, hopefully he didn't ice himself taking Rome off. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> Just joking. I, yeah. I mean, never know. Uh, Vavrinka, the year he won Roland Garros, he was playing Geneva the week before. And, and I think he even won it or went to the final. So people were kind of criticizing him. Oh, you want a deep run and you, you're tired from Geneva, but it ended up working out for him. Okay. So you never know. Some people swear by, oh, you need a couple weeks of rest and they don't like to do the warm up tournaments right before. But <laughs> yeah, it should be a God fun that win. Yeah. Should be fun. That's for sure. And when does it start? Is it uh, does it start Monday for qualies or? I think they're playing qualies now. I think. Oh, okay. I think Monday's the date. No, maybe that's not right. I think you're right. Well, so it'll be the Monday after? I don't know. They usually do the release the draw right before. Right. I don't know, regardless, should be pretty fun. Yeah, I think. Uh... Let's look it up. Round one. Because I, I think they're playing. I think they're playing right now. Qualifiers. Sunday, May twenty second. Yeah, I think I think it starts Sunday. Great. Stuff to watch. The sooner the better. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I'm trying to think what else I had here. Yeah, Nadal. I I drew one of his graphs here, where. His win percentage on clay this year is 60%. Um, so you're like, oh, good. You know, you don't have something to compare it to, but that's the lowest it's ever been for Nadal before 2005. 2005, if you remember, that's where he came on the scene and first won Roland Garros and won all the warm-up tournaments. He was 96% on clay matches that year for winning. Uh, but before that year, 2004, I guess 2004, he was still good. 2003, it was it was 60%. So you see a nice, like, you know, plateau curve. So it's gone up, and he's kind of stayed up the whole time. And now this this year, he's kind of gone way down. So I don't know if it's just him fighting too hard in the hardcourt season, winning Australian Open, which he, you know, it's only one for the second time. He usually doesn't go very deep there. But he won it this year, went really deep in Indian Wells. So I don't know if that, or like you're saying, age is just catching up to him finally, but it's a bummer to see him not playing his normal game on the clay. Yeah. But if he's going to turn around anywhere, it's going to be at Roland Garros. That's literally, (laughs) he's always played the best there, right? Yeah. And you can say a lot about, well, Rome is, you know, the most similar clay to the French Open. Madrid isn't as, you know, close because of the altitude and the type of clay. It's like, okay, who cares? Just because Nadal didn't play well at Rome. You know, there's not a there's not a hundred percent direct correlation, but that's right. I forgot about that math. It's always an interesting uh, pundit. So we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, so, I don't know if you have anything else. We're just nope, excited to I'm, see some good French Open matches. I'm praying that Rafa gets the the calendar slam this year and just retires, walks away from it all. <laughs> that would be an amazing way to go out. That would be incredible. Yeah, go out on top. Yeah, I guess technically they're saying he'd be in the running for it. Wins yeah, I mean, he won the Aussie. He's going. Yeah, won the Aussie. So. One for one. Yep. <laughs> Oof, yes, Stefanos. I, uh, I would love to see him win it. I think he's got to tighten up his game. And mental. I think a lot of it's just mental, too, against Djokovic. I think so. He's been so close so many times. 
Yeah. Well, there were several points in the first set that I was watching where he would have control of the point and he would come into net or he would put it in, the, you think, the right spot. But then his like final volley, he just wouldn't put it away. And then Djokovic mm-hmm. would make a pay and pass him. So it's just like, oh, yeah. you have the point. You just need to, you know, wrong foot Djokovic or figure out how to finish these points a little bit better. Yeah. Djokovic doesn't go away. We know that. But right, right. Tsitsipas can be really aggressive on the clay. It's just he's got to figure out a way to. To not be left vulnerable on some of these passes and things. So, yeah. All right. Well, now we watch it, watch the game get played. That's right. We'll check it out. Well, as always, visit us at cognitionsphere.com. The music is brought to us by Kevin MacLeod with excerpts from his song Cool Rock. And please share our podcast with a friend that loves tennis. And until next time, we'll see you on the court. (laughs) 